When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rightio, it's uh, just after uh, 11.03 here in New Zealand time, a little bit earlier uh, in Australia, which uh, makes it uh, pretty surprising that our next guest is available to us uh, at this hour of the day, but uh, I'm thrilled that he is. It is uh, Ken Rutherford, of course, um, wonderful career as a New Zealand cricketer, as a young gun. I think he might have just snuck into being the black cap uh, wearer as well. Um, But um, we're going to talk about uh, some cricket at the Basin Reserve coming up um, in the next few days, hopefully, uh, weather permitting, uh, because it's sold out for the first three days. Uh, Ken Rutherford, good morning to you. That takes us back to the glory days of sell out at the basin, mate. How are you? Yeah, it does. Uh, Stockley, how's things, mate? No, it's uh, all to look forward to. I actually just looked at the uh, forecast. It's pretty dire in Wellington, isn't it, the next couple of days? So, fingers crossed, hope for the best. Yeah, some some of those guys who back in the day will be um, hoping for an early call-off uh, so they can head down to the Cambridge. Well, they've closed down Flanagan's, haven't they, Stockley? So uh, that's uh, one option uh, off the list, shall we say. But uh, the Cambridge is uh, not a bad uh, alternative. Yeah, you're an evil man. Uh, right, uh, let's, uh, let's look. <laughs> what are you doing, by the way, these days, right? What are you up to? Where, um, where are you based? I work for a company called RacingAndSports.com, so everyone should go on their website and get all the latest form for today. There's some good racing, Kim Lagrange and... Uh, I see Wanganui today, actually, so no doubt you do a preview yep. of that later on the show. Um, so I'm stuck in Canberra. I should say stuck in Canberra. Canberra sort of makes Gore look rather cosmopolitan, Stockley, so uh, <laughs> um, shall we say. And uh, so getting used to Canberra, well, I grew up in Dunedin, so I can't complain too much, can I? I mean, the 60s and 70s and early 80s in Dunedin, well, come on, yeah. Uh, so I'll give Canberra a bit of a break in that regard. <laughs> okay. Well, I imagine they've got uh, colour television in Canberra and uh, satellite TV, so you've watched a bit of cricket, uh, Ken. Um, what have you made of... Uh, well, let's let's start with Brendan, your old buddy. Let's start with the style of cricket. You like it? Mm. Oh, how can you not? Uh, it's, it's hard to, to take your eyes off it, really, and uh, I think the, the, the best example, really, was the Pakistan series that England played before Christmas, uh, some of the some of the stats there. I think the first day's player Rawapindi in the first Test match, uh, what the, the scoring rate was around seven over for the whole day. It's just just amazing. Even though the pitch was flat and the outfield was quite quick, uh, those stats don't lie. It's it's incredible. Uh, and it, and in terms of re re-energizing, I guess uh, Test cricket. Which, to be fair to Brendan, he did say that when he first got the job. He said he feels an obligation not just to English cricket but to international cricket to do something about test cricket and uh, my god he's done it and he's only really been in the job for about 10 months uh, he, he's very authentic about what he says and he's he's very keen to, to, to follow through in to, uh, words in terms of actions and uh, look it's great to watch it's it's put it this way when when the Pakistan series is on all the series have been on I've kind of made a, made a mental note when they start and who's batting first and if England are batting I'm keen to watch it yeah, I'm keen to watch it as well. I'm not so keen to watch uh, what they're doing to our bowling attack at the moment. But uh, I, I, you know, you know Brendan McCullum. I mean, he just he is he just lays his cards on the table. He names his team early on in the piece. He likes to get that out of the way. His tactics are there for all to see. Uh, they've won ten out of eleven. Why can't anyone combat them? 
It's an interesting question. It's a question I know here in Australia that they're looking to start to find answers to too, but the Asia series, of course, starting in the UK, I think it's around July this year. It's not too far away. Mm-hmm. Um, I read Mark Reason's column in, the, in Stuff yesterday, and he said it might just be a passing fad, or it would be a passing fad. I'm not so sure, because I think there's a bit more uh, a bit more art and thought that goes into it than uh, Brendan really uh, gets credit for. It's, he, he, it looks a bit one-dimensional. I'm not so sure it is. I think you'll, you'll see it develop, and you'll see a guy like Joe Root play more like Joe Root traditionally with a bit of the Brendan spark added into it, which will make Joe Root's performance as a test batsman perhaps even dominant, even more dominant in the next uh, few years to come. Look at a guy like Harry Brook. Uh, under past test regimes for any country, would he have burst on the scene and played the way he's been allowed to play and been encouraged to play over, over the first part of his test career? He's a good example, actually, of what the, the kind of... McCullum Stokes influence can have on one particular player just starting what, look, what looks like could be a stellar career so I think there's more to it I, I, I think what you see is not completely what you get, I think there's a bit more uh, thought and as I say uh, art that goes on behind the scenes, I think you'll see the whole thing develop as the next two or three years uh, continue Like uh, this morning I read an article where Devin Conway has admitted that uh, we can't yeah. play that way, we just, we just have to play uh, the way we know best and hope that it's good enough on the day. And um, it, it kind of suggests uh, to me that we're not going to change uh, in our thinking. And uh, But the, the problem I have with that, Ken, we, we've, we've lost personnel, we've lost Bolt, we've lost Jameson, mm. we've lost Ross Taylor, we've lost two or three key, key elements that made us the side that won the World Championship, and we haven't adjusted. No, we haven't. And uh, that's, that's, the, that's the key point that you make, Smithy. And... Uh yeah, I just read that article myself before coming on here, and um, he, he is right in a way in that um, you know, New Zealand have got to play to their strengths. At the moment, we're kind of wondering if the strengths are strong enough to, to combat not just England, but any of the top four or five test-playing countries around the world. Um, it's time for guys to step up, and you look at a guy like Henry Nichols, and he's probably being picked on at the moment to some extent, but his record over the last three years is, is pretty ordinary, particularly against some of the better sides. Uh, he, he hasn't played well. Tom Latham lots been made of his record against sides other than Zimbabwe, Bangladesh and some of the other minnows. Uh, his record against South Africa, for example, I think he's averaging under 10 in, in test match cricket and the, the sample size is, 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 is enough to suggest he struggles against them. So it's, it's the Elathams and Nichols and uh, others around Kane not to put too much pressure on Kane. And uh, I think you're seeing, unfortunately, in Kane's own performance over the last little while, that perhaps that pressure is done to tell and uh, the fact that he hasn't got such an able lieutenant backing him up at number four in the order as Ross Taylor over the years, uh, the impact on Kane is uh, perhaps even more uh, extravagant than, uh, than we had hoped. Um, look, the batting lineup, you're probably going to ask me that next, so I'll step in. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think Young's got to play. I think he's got to open the batting. He's a, he's a guy with a terrific um, uh, technique. Uh, I know he started as a middle-order player, but he's done nothing wrong really at the top of the order when he's been asked to perform the role, because you look at the, the English uh, bowling attack, obviously Anderson and Broad, but the others, the support the support cast pretty darn good as well, so you need a decent technique those first 20, 25 overs. Latham obviously won't go anywhere, uh, Williamson at three, and, and we're just going to put Conway at four, mate. He's, he's got to be number four. If you look at Conway's record growing up in Joburg when he played school cricket, uh, through the age groups for for Halting into the Halting side, he, he batted for forces his position. He's really only open for us because that's been the opening for him, and he's done well. Good on him. But to put 
arguably now our best player. I don't, I don't mean to, to downgrade Kane just yet, but between Kane and, and Devon, that's where our, reins are, our runs are going to come. Uh, that has to be our, our access going forward. And obviously with Mitchell, Blundell and Bracewell, that's not a bad unit. Um, Nichols at the moment, to me, just doesn't look likely. Did you ever envisage in your mind that our frontline spinner in a test match or a test series against England would be Michael Bracewell? No, well, I recall Michael when he was growing up in Otago and playing for Otago, and he bowled these little dribbly Jeremy Coney-esque uh, medium paces, I think little inswingers from memory, and uh, he, he, he's developed. Uh, but uh, tell me he's got very big hands, I don't know. But uh, that probably helps an off-spinner, doesn't it? Uh, look, he's done well. Look, in New Zealand conditions, we can probably get away with with just having Michael there at, at six or seven in the batting order and, and bowling maybe half a dozen to ten to a dozen overs a, a day. Uh, particularly if you look at the, the spatial reserve wicket coming up, you're probably not going to need a spinner, are you, at all, if the forecast is what the forecast suggests. So we'll probably get away with it. Overseas tours and that, you know, ish. So he did a great job and, for my money, has been underestimated, underrated uh, in terms of what he can provide the five-day environment in New Zealand. Uh, over the last five, six years, he's been lumbered and labelled as, a, as a, only a white ball player. Uh, good on him for sticking at it, so to, to, to show that he can do a job in the longer form of the game. So he's going to be a, a key still a young fella. He'll be a key for us going forward when we do travel back to Asia and the West Indies and places like that where you need an out-and-out spin bowler. So I don't mind the balance of the side with Bracewood at seven. You've got Sally, you've got Wagner, you've got the other two seamers. Um, that does mean your tail is quite long, but it puts the, the, um, the, the emphasis on the, on the top six to seven players for batsmen to get the runs. It's placing a lot of emphasis on uh, a pretty unproven attack as well. Uh, Salvi, undoubted. Uh, Wagner, people starting to now look at uh, Neil Wagner through all the heart and soul and, and effort he's put in. Yeah. Whether it's uh, just starting to tell a wee bit, his pace is down. Um, and two players yep. um, who played and basically made their debuts. Tickner, uh, of course, and uh, Scott Kugeline at, at the weekend, who uh, bowlers of uh, pretty similar ilk. Uh, yeah, a lot of question marks. That's your point. Yeah, I, 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 the problem I have, um, I, I think we needed to perhaps uh, just investigate the Trent Bolt thing a little bit more closely than we did without writing it off now that Jameson's gone. Yeah, I don't disagree. And hindsight's a great thing. It would have been great to have Trent there just to provide that, well, the class, really. I was going to say the variation, mm. but it's more than that, isn't it? It's the class that he's that he's got. He's a he's sort of guy... You know, not, not many players, I don't think, have the athleticism and the ability, pure ability and expertise to to play a T20 tournament somewhere else around the world, travel, and be five days later playing a test match against someone. I don't think many could do that, but he has proven that he can. So, um, and he probably shouldn't be thrown beyond the boundaries because he's he's made a, a career decision as, as per the one he's made. And, you know, he, he's earned the right to, I, I guess. That's the point. Um but you hit the nail on the head about the first test attack. It was too similar. Um, Stickner and Kugelin, I was disappointed in the captaincy, frankly. When for, for, for quite significant periods of the game, you saw Tickner and Kugelin bowling in partnership. There was just nothing different. They both did eye, did eye straight to my eye anyway, and, and more often than not looking to bang it in. Um, it was just asking nothing different of the batsmen. So uh, that was a disappointment. Um, a couple of points you mentioned, Wagner. He's 37 now. His first spell is, is good, but he seems to... Look, he still charges in and tries. We know what we're going to get with Wags, don't you? And, and good on him. But he is lower in pace, and that's probably a, 
an initial uh, signal, alert, that things might just be on the slight deterioration. I certainly wouldn't damn him anyway, but he's still providing a service for our for our team. But I'm also a little bit concerned with Southie's pace as well, with Smithy, to be fair. I think his first spell's pretty good, second spell's not bad, but as a long day goes on, it also does slip back into slightly third seamerish mode, if you like. And uh, mm. So I think the, the, the wider issue with our team, to, to, to put it bluntly, is what the hell the selectors have uh, been doing over the last two or three years. They had to foresee the ageing of our side, and uh, has anything been done really at domestic level to push players forward? I think it's a very valid question. Having said that, uh, I spent uh, quite a bit of uh, the recent summer in Australia. When I left Australia, I thought the Australian team looked so assured, so settled. Um, Everyone had their role in the side. Uh, They arrive in India. uh, The player of the summer is not picked in the first test in terms of Travis Head. Um, And all of a sudden, uh, they look a rabble, Ken. Yeah, they do, and a lot of um, a lot of it's been directed at the at the coaching staff now. Uh, Andrew McDonald, we know he got the job after the the, the coup to get rid of Justin Langer, and then uh, and talking to some of the ex Australian players, it was very much a case of uh, player power being involved there. Um, a couple of points about the, the summer over here. I mean, I've never known Australians who love their cricket in the same way that New Zealanders love their rugby. I've never known them to be so apathetic about cricket. Full stop. Um, mm. Quite mm-hmm. frankly, if it wasn't for a very, very good Big Bash series, um, cricket would have been lost to, to most keen observers of the game over here. The Test Match series against South Africa, goodness me, uh, there was more excitement uh, touring around the very few sites of interest in Canberra, quite frankly, than watching that <laughs> Test series. So, um, so I think there's an issue with cricket full stop over here. You might have garnered that yourself in your observations when you're here for about a month. And the Big Bash actually helped them out flat out because it was a terrific competition this year. But Going back to, look, we know it's tough in India, and I think Matthew Hayden, he, he made a really valid comment during the first Test match when he said the Australian batsmen haven't understood how important the first half hour of 40 innings, uh, 40 minutes of your innings is when you go out to bat in India. And as you know, Smithy, you go out there, it's a different atmosphere completely, not just the pitch, but the, the chattering, the constant chattering of the fielders around you. you know, the bowlers are bowling more often because of spinners. So they're bowling sort of two, two balls to your normal one when you're facing a quick bowler going out to the middle. You, the crowd kind of sense that when there's new batsmen in, there's a whole era of uh, anticipation that we'll get this next bugger out too, if you know what I mean. It's like everyone kind of... It's, it's, it's a very antagonistic kind of atmosphere and very hard to get used to for your first kind of 25, 30 deliveries. And the Australians just seem to have this this, this theory they're going to back themselves, play their game, no matter the conditions. And, and we know that's, that can be a very naive kind of uh, attitude to have. You, you've got to back your defence in those circumstances. I, even though Peter Hanscom in the first test didn't get too many, I said to a few at work here who love their cricket, I said, your best batsman against spin looks like it's Hanscom. Uh, because he he, he he looks to be quite calm and out there playing with soft hands, straight bat, it all looks very, very uncomplicated. And um, look, he got a duck in the in the second innings of that last test match, but uh, he, he looks okay. But the rest, goodness me, the, the sweep shots are playing. Obviously, that's the most... Uh, most obvious uh, area of criticism, but, but overall there appears to be very little thought have gone on from a coaching perspective in terms of how to play in India. Ken, always great to catch up with you. Give us that website again uh, for our tips on going over here, over there in particular. Yeah, racingandsports.com. You'll see plenty of information for your punters there. There's a bit of sport on there. It'll be a, it'll be a good preview of the, 
their next test match in India, Australia. There's also some podcasts you can listen to to get some quality radio, uh, Smilly, as well, for, for your listeners. Quality radio. Oh, it's some, um, oh thank you. I thought we had quality radio for the last 15 minutes, but you've just poo-pooed that. Yeah, I'll give you a winner today. I just had a quick look. There's a, there's a horse at Kimberley Grange this afternoon. Stocks get all over it. Uh, race 7. It's a horse called Mobstar. I see it's 7.50 into 6s. Chris Lee's trains. Yeah. Dylan Gibbons rides. Uh, I think it's got number 4 or 5 or 6. One of those in the book. It's fresh okay. up. It's had a little break. It, it trolled enormously uh, last time out at uh, Newcastle and the Beaumont track. So be all over Mobstar at about 5 to 1. Good on you, Ken. Great catching up with you, mate. Stay safe over there, eh? I'll see you in Flanagan's next time, Stocks. Yeah, the reunion. That'll be a reunion. It is 11.19. Goodbye and good luck, Ken Rutherford, and thank you very much for your contribution.